Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monster Baby Podcast, a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. I'm Ted DeMaison. I'm Lisa Rowland. We're your co-hosts for today. Yeah, and always. On this podcast. We're always your co-hosts. <laughs> well, so first of all, this podcast, in case this is your first time here, this is a, a podcast that explores the wisdom of mindfulness and improvisation, how those two disciplines look at some of the, some similar skills and what those skills and mindsets may have to say about how to live a rich, meaningful, bold, playful life. Yeah, spontaneity, joy, adventure, discovery. Generosity, attention. We hope to bring you there. Are you hearing this goose? You hear that? What is that, a bird? I believe it's a crow. I love it. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> if there were a goose up on the roof, that would be really cool. <laughs> Glorious. A roof goose. Okay, well, we hope you enjoy this. This is about, this episode is about flow. The concept of the flow state. Yeah, how, what is flow? What prevents flow or obstructs it? And then... And how do we access it? How do we promote it? How do we uh, get into it? Those are sort of the chapters that we that we end up talking about. So mm-hmm. I hope that you enjoy it. And uh, may, may it bring you to a place of ease. And flow. Whoa. Whoa, flow. Go. Well... Going great so far. I we think. are feeling it. <laughs> we are feeling it. I feel like I've stepped into a powerful stream. Great. It's tell just me. carrying me along. Well, tell me what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone kayaking? Yeah. Or canoeing? Me, yes. Canoeing down a river? No, lakes. Okay. Both lakes. The feeling of canoeing down a river is so nice because. You don't have to work. It's great. You just like floating there, watching the birds yeah. and like seeing the trees and yeah. listening to the water. And maybe you're joking with your mate who's in front of you or behind you. All you got to do is keep that paddle in there, a little rudder action. You just get carried right along. Oh, that's good. Is this a metaphor for something, Ted? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, that actually does sound really wonderful. Doesn't it sound nice? It sounds great. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, I think that's what, we're, what we should talk about today. <laughs> great. This experience he of flow. He says as though we hadn't already talked about it. <laughs> well, that's a nice, hmm, that's you're, a great idea, you're letting, you're letting them in on the secret. I know. <laughs> Don't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain. I feel like we have any secrets from them. Ooh. We tell them how we work. That's another episode. Secrets. Secrets. <laughs> Monster Baby Secrets. That would be a... The seedy underbelly of the Monster Baby podcast. I'm sure we could uncover some... But in this case... Some of those insects that have multiple legs and curl up into pill bugs. You know the ones... Yeah, that, roly-polies? Roly-polies. So, those are so friendly, though. Those are such friendly little bugs. Are we sure they're friendly? They I mean, they close up. Whenever you touch them, they close up into a Yeah, but they're like armadillos. Ball. That's not I, like... I know some hostile. people like that. Yeah, but they're not... You know... I mean, if we're uncovering like creepy crawly seedy underbelly, oh. we're talking about like cockroaches and... Okay, right. Those are like kind of cute. <laughs> as far as cockroaches go. No, roly-poly bugs. Oh, roly-poly. Within the realm of potential insects yeah. to uncover. Fair enough. Anyway, not the point. It's That's not, not what we're actually, talking about today. not actually the point. I just... If we're, you know... Okay. All okay. right. You know, maggots. I feel like we're looking at like maggots and worms and... Mm. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Anyway. Back to flow. We talked about talking about flow. Yeah. I think there's tons here to explore. Great. You are not so certain. Well, I, I, the concept is, is, is beautiful and, and wonderful. And I, just before we started, dear listeners, just before we started this, I said, I don't know that I have much to say about flow. And I said, and just, dear, dear Lisa, when have you ever not had something to say about anything? That's right. So now we're testing the theory. This is an experiment. And just out of principle, I'm going to sit here silent. <laughs> I give that mm, three to four seconds. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start you off. Here's a nice softball for you. What's that? How would you define flow? What is it? Oh, boy. Um, I feel like there... Uh, what is flow? Uh, the word that comes to mind is is effortless. So you're like in effortless. I was going to say collaboration with somebody, but I guess you could get in solitary flow. Mm-hmm. But or it doesn't feel like you are in. You are exacting any in, exacting. You are not in in. Um, what's the word? In, imposing maybe or like you're not you're not using any effort. You're not like putting any. You're not trying to influence anything. The thing is just happening. Are you? Participating? Like, is it a fated thing? Well, I don't think I believe in fate. Okay. So when you say it's just happening, is it? are you just completely subject to the whims of the world? No. When you're it's in like, flow? No, I guess I'm imagining, like, you're working on a project, you're involved in an endeavor, so you have to be doing something. You're okay. not, like, picked up by a wind and taken somewhere. Okay. For instance... Mm-hmm. So you are you are a participant in a thing, right? But you don't have. But it's like some shows feel like work. They feel like I have to think about what might need to come next, or like what improv the story shows. improv shows. What night? What you know, like what the story needs. And then some stories, it's like the story is telling itself, and I and it's easy to know when I need to go on stage. I still need to go on stage. The story will not happen unless yeah. I go on right. stage. But like it's obvious to me. It yeah. all feels obvious and clear. Yeah. So it's got this. It's got this larger pull. Yeah. Or momentum to it. And so I kind of going back to that canoe thing of like, there's the river underneath the canoe is pulling it along. Yeah, you need to have your paddle in the river. Yeah. Okay. You got to get on the river. Okay. Of course, the river is flowing whether you're there or not. Ah. Interestingly. Interesting. I don't know where that fits in our Uh metaphor, but you don't get to experience it unless you show up. Yeah. Is there a, is there a natural flow to the world, to the way things are? And yeah, let's bookmark that. All right. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Ted's, Ted's making a note. <laughs> is there <laughs> is there a larger flow? Yeah, that's that's cool. Okay. It feel, ooh, ooh, it feels a little bit like a cable car. Say more. You know how cable cars, there's like a cable running under the ground and you like grab onto it and get pulled along and then you can detach from it and mm. not be pulled along by it. Mm. So maybe there's this, there is a, there is a, a cable moving or several cables moving on kind of underneath our conscious understanding. Ooh, subterranean cables. Subterranean flow cables. Flow cables. It's <laughs> my new band name. And if and and things feel easy when we when we snap snap onto the right one. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you have nothing to say about this. <laughs> I didn't. That just showed up. <laughs> I didn't have anything to say. Maybe because you're in the flow. Okay, this is great. I love that notion of there's always something there that we can tune into or not. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me of the the Buddhist image of the wind horse, which I th- think maybe we've referenced. But this I forget what it is. The first business I 
started for myself. The first name for my business was Wind Horse when I got out of business school. And the Buddhist image of the Wind Horse is that there is a wind, there's a fundamental energy of goodness that is always available, that is part of the world, it's, just, it's out there. And the horse refers to, we can have a relationship to it where we can ride that energy, not by dominating or controlling it, by learning to be in harmony with it, to hmm. move in sync with it. Yeah. And so you can turn to that fundamental goodness and whoosh, get carried along. Be carried away by it, yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of like snapping into the cable and saying, okay, yes, Pull I'll, me. I'll go for a ride. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think, I think of flow as being... Um, like you said, this effortlessness, but it's a participation, right, with with something larger. That I am, things are unfolding naturally. I know what needs to happen, and I do it. And right, I'm present, but I'm not thinking in a like planning way. It's just yeah. it's again unfolding. You're like not controlling the progress of this thing. Right, it, the progress is sort of obvious and shows up to you. Right, and you enact it. Yeah. It's sometimes people have, when I'm, when I'm teaching uh, mindfulness, we've talked about the distinction between being on autopilot and being in flow, mm-hmm. right? So autopilot is a kind of mindlessness, right? Well, actually, here, let me ask you. When, if I say autopilot, what comes to mind? Mindlessness. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> That's a thing. Wow. I, well, I think they're, they're, uh, it is also effortless. But it's a different. You're just resting on your defaults. Mm, yeah. Like I think about going on autopilot, driving home from places. I can get all the way home and not remember any part of right. the trip. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Like, dri- like driving a, a well a well traveled route. Yes. I think of it as unconscious in that way. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't have like, to think about what I'm doing. Kind of check out. Yeah. So not fully present. Whereas flow. Is not checked out. Mm-hmm. It's it's no, like, it's like reversed, super checked in, super checked in, and yeah. but relaxedly so. Uh-huh. And so then, yeah. So things are just you're in alignment with that larger pull of things, and yeah. think stuff happens. And and I love the notion that there is some larger or uh, deeper movement that's happening all the time, and we can choose to be in alignment with it or not. Okay. Question. Okay. I got some questions. Great. I'll list them now, and we can maybe get to them. Should I be writing these down? Yeah, maybe write them okay. down. All right. One question is, where where can we experience flow? Mm-hmm. Meaning what context? So in work, in a creative endeavor, clearly on an improv stage, we can experience this this feeling in relationships. Like what are the... For, for, pe- the, for people, it's like for people who are listening to this, it's like, yeah, but how does this show up in my life? Right, where does it show up? Where yeah. do I find this? Yep. What are the things that keep people from experiencing flow? Keep people from gaining access to that yep. state. Those are my questions. Okay, let me add a third. And what do we... Mm-hmm. Reverse of what keeps us yes, from exactly. it. What, what promotes it. Yeah, great. What oh. do we do to increase the chances that we might experience this state? Oh, juicy, juicy. Where can we experience it? Okay, question number one. Yeah. Where can we experience it? Yeah. So, all right. I'll turn that question right back at you. I thought you might do that, Ted. Well, I'll say for me, one answer, I experience it in improv. Like really great shows feel completely effortless. There's people that I play with where it's like, oh yeah, this is just like falling out of bed. Will you tell me a story of when that happened? Yeah. Remember a specific story? There are a couple of stories. 
there are a couple of stories or rather a couple of specific shows that I can re remember being like, Oh my God, this was amazing. And one of them actually was the Arabian nights show mm. on Friday, the Friday night. We did a Friday, Saturday, Arabian nights at bats improv and Friday night felt sort of transcendently good mm -hmm. in this way of, I knew exactly where to pick up. I knew exactly when to come on stage. I knew just how to sort of, I, played characters I'd never played before. People commented on that and they were like, but it was so clear. And, you know, so it just felt like, yep, like firing on all cylinders so and le like leaving the stage. And this is a rare thing. Leaving the stage after the show, I had this feeling of like, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like getting off a roller coaster or something. And I, that is a rare thing to leave the stage and be like, that was awesome. Like sometimes it's like, that was a fun show. That was good. That was great. Yeah. But the sort of like, like heart beating, exhilar exhilaration. I felt exhilarated. There's that feeling of transcendent exhilaration that goes yes. with this yes. state of being in the flow. Yeah, exactly. And then <clears throat> there was another show years and years ago, years ago, called Light in the Graveyard. It was an improvised Shakespeare show. And the whole show, it was really a really fun show. And the whole show had this feeling of like, we might run off the rails at any moment mm. because it was just, it was a big story. There were a lot of pieces to it. It was moving forward in time. There was like a, a lot going on, but it just felt like as an ensemble, we, we, it was like a team of dancers. Like one, you know, one group comes in as another goes out. And then this, it's like the transitions were seamless yeah. and the rhythm was beautiful and the, like everything just sort of tumbled along mm -hmm. with this like gravity assist. Kind of, nice. you know, yes. it's like without my trying, I'm just moving forward into, yep. into the future of this story. And the, the added danger of like, are we catching all these pieces? I'm not sure. Like this all could tumble out of control right. in a bad way any, any moment, but it didn't. Yeah. It all came, came together. It all came home. It had enough internal gravity to stick together. Yeah, somehow. And so the, the exhilaration of, I, I would imagine that experiencing flow on your own is exhilarating. The idea, the, the experience of, of getting into that state with other people. An ensemble flow. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm totally into that right now. It's like good sex. With a whole group of people? Hey, whatever floats your boat. I'm just saying that <laughs> when, other your people canoe, when other people are involved, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like we both are, it's like speaking a language, you know? Yeah. It's... More than one plus one. Yeah, it's more. Yes, exactly. It's more than one plus one. Yeah, uh, it's I, not like oh, I'm having a good time and you're having a good time. It's like no, we are doing something. Something's happening. Yeah, I I'm totally fascinated by that right now. It's the summer work I did with Patsy Rodenberg and being in second circle presence and being connected to your own center, whatever that wind horse is within you. But then yeah, what happens when a group of people come together to commit to to be in that space together? Oh, something else happens. That's cool. Well. I love those. As an audience member, I get pulled into those shows as well. Oh, yeah. Right? Because I think of several times I've seen you do shows and I feel that way. And, of course, the gazillion times I saw Hamilton this spring and summer, that feeling of we are all in this together. This is something's happening here. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember the first show where we met. Yeah. That we talked way back on episode one about. Right where we were with a group of five people who maybe you had played with some of those folks before. Yeah, once or twice. But this was an alumni show, and we had barely met each other. And we just, for me, it felt that way. Like, this is unfolding, and 
everybody's doing stuff that's great and everybody's stepping up and it's easy and we're making people laugh and we're having a great time ourselves and we're doing a wide range of things. It felt awesome. Mm -hmm. So I love that on stage. So that's one place where it shows up. Yeah. I think of it in sports a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Times where it's like, just get me the ball. I, I used to play basketball regularly. There was one, this is, I think this is like my crowning athletic achievement, one of them. I don't have many. But I was working. You only need one if it's crowning. I was working at a summer camp and and retreat center, and we had a bunch of guys. There were like eight of us, and usually we would play three on threes, and we had a break in the afternoon or something. And I'm not a great basketball player, but at a time I had a decent outside shot. And there was one day where I just was on fire. I was on fire. I was hitting all my shots. And this crowning moment was when I hit a shot, and some guy on the other team said to his buddy, Vince, you can't leave him open. <laughs> He's so nice. And you were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You can't leave me open. I am dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think that happens in sports a lot where, you know, a team picks up momentum or just like seems things seem to unfold in a, in a natural way. Other kinds of performance as well, dance or music. Uh, I think it does happen in relationships where you know, we can be carried along by something else and maybe that's just being in love or infatuation or maybe it's life wanting to move something through us. But I had one of my chief experiences of flow was summer after my junior year in college, I fell in love over the summer and I came back and I was living in a co-op and for this one and a half months at the beginning of the year, it was so perfect. Like I was getting up every morning and meditating. So this is when I was, what, 21, 22, like early on in my meditation career. But I was eating well. I was doing my homework. I got like two weeks ahead in my homework. I was, I felt like I was not understanding my classes. I, this was a long distance relationship now. So, but I was talking on the phone with my sweetheart and the house that we had, the co-op house where we all cleaned and cooked for each other, things were going so perfectly. Mm. At our house meetings, which we ran by consensus, people were participating and agreeing and listening well. It just felt like everything was unfolding perfectly. And I had this stretch. It was, again, like a 45-day stretch of feeling, wow, everything's working. And then the earthquake happened. This was 1989. Oh. And it all wow. fell apart, yeah. right? So we can come back to that when we talk about what gets in the way, what, what keeps us from flow or what knocks us out of flow. Yeah. But that experience was within my larger life, a feeling like my whole life was in flow with a whole group of people. Yeah. And it just was this joy ride yeah. for those 45 days. Right. You know, I'm in love. I'm working well. I'm understanding things. I'm learning things. Uh, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. People are getting along great. Yeah. Can we keep this going? Yeah. Well, for a while we could, but but then, then the not. earth was like, yeah, I got other plans. Yeah. And I think we can have those. So that was a long extended time for me, but you know, little moments of flow when I if I'm sitting down to write something. Yeah, and it just comes out of here you. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. Almost as if it wants to be written, and it's using me. Like we become the instrument for the song that's moving through us. Yeah. We're not the song itself, but yeah. You know, come, but it, but the song through. needs you to be played. Right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like um. 
you know, Voldemort possessing other people's bodies when he didn't have a body of his own, <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> Happy Voldemort, good Voldemort, flow Voldemort. Flodemort. Flodemort. I was just going to say that. You got there first. I knew you were going to say that. Flodemort. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points to Gryffindor. Actually, they'd probably go to Slytherin if we're talking about Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other places you think Flo shows up? Well, I guess working, I think working collaboratively. So like working on a team and people are yep. just like, sort of like handing stuff off and going back and forth and it's all on top. You know, you're just like, it's all, it's all working. Mm-hmm. I think that's a place where flow can happen. People mm-hmm. can get in a flow together. Yeah. When we say working uh, like clockwork. Yeah. It's kind of well, a well-oiled well machine. Well-oiled machine, yeah. Like clockwork. Nothing is, no, there's no, no one's skipping a beat. Everything is plugging in where it should. Things mm-hmm. are, rely, you can rely on your team, things like that. Yeah. 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 And I think that could happen in a work setting or in any sort of project that you do. And mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, so let's go to your question number two then. What keeps us from that? Why don't we, why aren't we there all the time? I'm not even sure what it would, t- I mean, like the, what you just said of your life felt like it was in flow. That feels like a, an example of how we can just always be. But in a way, it's like flow doesn't feel like a place where you can be all the time. It sort of feels elusive to me. I don't feel like I'm in flow all the time. I'm like, what would it be like to feel in flow now, right now? Do you feel in flow right now? Not particularly. I don't feel out of, particularly out of flow, okay. but I'm not experiencing a sense of flow. I'm like, we're having a conversation and that's great. And that feels good. It feels, you know, yep. but like flow feels kind of like, oh, yeah, exactly. Exalted. Like this, blah, you know, oh, and I'm like, I don't know. I just think it's good, but, but is yeah. it flow? Like, like capital F flow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shining like, is that something that we, it. is it a state we want to be in all the time? Uh, there's a good question. Is it a nice place to visit, but you, but you can't live there. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel like I would like, I'd be happy to be there all the time, but I think things get in the way. I mean, I, for one, the demands of being in a physical body, right? So <laughs> like fatigue or yeah. uh, hunger um, or for, you know, my sensitive soul, like just overstimulation mm-hmm. and the need for recovery or, or uh, so if I'm any of those, if I'm tired or hungry or I'll just get cranky and then I'm, I, I, it's hard to just kind of hang out in that space. To hang out in what space though? Like everybody, everybody has to eat. So uh, is that necessarily a, oh, do you I'll, know what I mean? I, like, like the space I meant was to be in flow of being in flow. Yeah. But so I guess that's what I mean is like, is flow always happy? Yeah. Good question. Like is, do people live lives in flow? Or is it like, is it like, like I have a turbo button on my vacuum Okay. that like gives it some extra juice. Uh-huh. You can't hold it all the time. The vacuum can't be on turbo all the time. Why not? Because it wastes the battery too fast. Oh, okay. It's like, you, it's, Say a, more. Extend it's my, like extend a our pulse, analogy. It's like the pull, you know, it's like the extra juice on your blender when you just need like a little extra muscle on the, on the yeah. chunk of whatever it is. Yeah, people who play video games, I'm sure would have other names. For I'm this. sure there's other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so it's like, is it like a turbo, like 
you know, just like give it a little extra juice. Little James Bond jetpack for getting out of trouble. Is it a James Bond jetpack in life or is it like you're, you know, around the town civic? <laughs> and we're like, there are so many metaphors on the table right now. <laughs> is it my vacuum turbo button? Is it a James Bond jetpack? Like, is flow a livable state? And I think maybe it is, but I, yeah, I, I question. It's... And this idea of like, oh, but sometimes I'm hungry and I need to eat. It's like, is that a problem? We all get hungry and need to eat. Like, does that necessarily take you out of flow? Yeah, I think it does because I think it taps into or it connects us to fear. And I think fear is one of the things that takes us out of flow. Maybe the thing, uh-huh. right? So if I'm hungry, there's some part of me that's like, I need to survive, Mm-hmm. Am I going to have enough? Right. And I start to grip, and the gripping pulls me out of the flow. Great. And I think also that we can have fear around the vulnerability that flow puts us into as well. Uh-huh. So things are going really well, and it's just like, oh, I'm alive, or oh, I'm having feelings, or or I'm out of control, or I'm out of control. I'm I'm right. Feel like I'm going to ride off the rails, riding somebody else's wave right now, and I don't know how to. That's I'm not right. sure where it's going. We haven't even mentioned surfing as an analogy. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, Lord Almighty! All right, let's start again. <laughs> Welcome to the Much Baby Podcast. <laughs> you know what's great when you're on a board on the waves, dude. And the wave comes along, you're just riding it. It's bigger it, than you. It's totally whelming. It's. It's like not overwhelming or underwhelming. It's just totally whelming. Whelmed. Are you whelmed? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I, th- I think it's, I think it's fear, fear that often pulls us out. Mm-hmm. So we get afraid of whatever it is. And that could be fear of danger, like, okay, I'm riding off the rails. Or it could be fear of the goodness, the vulnerability of, I love this so much, or I love this person, or I love this group, or look at what we're creating. That's, that's one thing. Because uh, it's it's feels threatening somehow to have our heart be that open. Mm-hmm. I think also thinking can pull us out. A certain kind of thinking uh-huh. can pull us out of flow. Uh, in in the mindfulness classes I teach, we talk about it as thinking mode versus sensing mode. Mm-hmm. But when I start evaluating going into the future or the past, like oh, this would be great if I could hold on to this. No, flow is not about holding on to flow. It's about being in it. So It feels very present. You just have to be really, really present. Yeah. So if I start, if my thoughts vault into the future or, you know, try to hold on to something in, in the past so it doesn't move, then that pulls me out of it. Mm-hmm. Those seem to be things. And then, and then like what happened with the earthquake, I think external traumas or disturbances can knock us out. Well, that sends everybody of... into fear. I mean, everyone is actually sure. fearing for their lives. Right, right. And their safety and their power and their water and their, you yeah. know, and like so we, what... we get pulled back into this more primal, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. Maybe flow is towards the top of this pyramid. pyramid yeah. Right. Maybe flow isn't as available to when our needs are not being met. Yeah. At the bottom of the pyramid. Um, yeah. Those are my thoughts about what pulls us out. And maybe it's just sometimes we just get knocked out, like, you know. The river, maybe maybe it becomes too much, right? Like you're riding off the rails. The river's got too many rapids in it, and you get bounced from the canoe. And, and it you, takes energy to stay it, in it, right? It's like yeah. there's times when it's like I just gotta oh, get out of the, I gotta get out of the boat. For oh, a second. interesting, right? So even I want to find a non-sexist verb that's the same one, but like manning the rudder, operating, operating the rudder, yeah, it, taking that energy to to hold the steer, yeah, does take some energy, right? 
So you're saying fatigue would be one thing. Well, it's like like you're saying, right? Like, well, maybe once we all get better at this, it won't take energy. But the, the like being totally present, like people leave improv classes exhausted because it's highly demanding, yes. you know, to like pay attention with all of your brain, heart and body, Yes. you know, like to, to be ready to go all the time. And I think that that's the state in some ways that flow demands of us mm-hmm. and maybe we get better at it. And so it takes less energy. But there's times when it's like, I wish to go sit on my couch and not see anyone. Right. I don't want to be in anybody's flow or mine. I just want to not, I want to stop moving for a second. Yeah. You know? I wonder if there is a more relaxed way to be in flow that would give us more endurance for it. Yeah. I think of, you know, like the master monks who are just like, hmm, here's, yeah. here's life. Who are just always there. It's like, yeah, life's happening. Interesting. Well, it feels like that's just presence and acceptance. Hmm. Is right? that the same thing? Is what the same thing? Pres- is presence and acceptance the same thing as flow? If I don't we're know. fully present and fully accepting, does that put us into flow? I don't know. It feels like they might be prerequisites. Because, well, get, well, with the operating on the... With the idea that fear brings us out of it. Mm. Or, or I would say judgment, fear and judgment... Of your own self mm-hmm. and feeling sad. Oh, quit it. Oh, stop feeling that way. You know, it's like those are the things that are going to like take us out of just being able to be w- there with what's happening and respond to what's happening and yep. allow things to be okay. This is reminding me of, uh, is there something else you want to say there? Well, I don't know. So it feels like presence and acceptance are maybe ingredients. Mm-hmm. Prerequisite ingredients. Yeah. But, but they're, not, they're not all of it. What we were just saying about blockages reminds me of something I was thinking about this morning uh, along the lines of thoughts getting in the way, thoughts interrupting flow. I think when we're in a group, when we're, when we're collaborating, it could be in a larger group or when we're in a personal relationship, that things that get left unsaid, like little annoyances, little disturbances, mm-hmm. they're like a little pebble that gets put into the flow of the stream. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're a stone. And if they're acknowledged, so it's like, hey, you know, can we check in about one thing? Or, hey, this came up for me and I'm wondering about it. If we don't do that, it sort of sits in the stream and it starts to collect stuff behind it, Mm -hmm. right? Other pebbles or sticks or leaves. And all of a sudden it starts to become this large blockage. Mm -hmm. And then more and more and more and more and more. And eventually that whole passageway for that river might be blocked blocked. and the river the flow has to go somewhere else entirely Mm -hmm. you know and so i have had relationships a la this summer Mm -hmm. where i have wondered was there some thought that happened that didn't get some some frame or some experience or some resentment or some little annoyance that the other person went off on their own to try to sort through it because they didn't they didn't want to disturb things. They didn't want to reach into the river and pull something out. Didn't or want to hurt your feelings. Didn't want to, didn't want to whatever. Yeah. Didn't want to scare me. But they never addressed it and never gave us a chance to address it together, mm-hmm. to remove it together. And so it just built up all the stuff behind it mm-hmm. until it got to be this whole dam to the flow. And yeah. now all of a sudden that flow is completely blocked off. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And so that to me is very much like the practice that I'm pretty sure we've talked about before of honoring and acknowledging feelings uh-huh so you know i use the image of clouds coming to the sky a feeling we have a feeling it comes into the blue sky and hangs out yeah until we notice it 
acknowledge of like, oh, I'm feeling excited or, oh, yeah. I'm feeling anxious or, oh, I'm feeling happy. Scared or whatever. Yeah. And then as soon as we acknowledge it, it moves on. Yeah. And then we kind of get back to that blue sky. If we don't, it gets dark, cloudy, thick, you know, foggy. We can't see until we check in with ourselves and what are we feeling? Yeah. And then they move on. Yeah. So it, it, along those lines, like there's a certain discipline of checking in emotionally and mentally to keep clearing that windshield or um, to use another analogy, <laughs> put another one on the table, <laughs> but just keep clearing it out. Yeah. Keep clearing it out so that the flow stays clean. There's a natural move towards entropy in yeah. one way. Yeah. Like junk gets in there. Yeah. You got to clear it out. Right. So there's, there's a kind of maintenance. If you don't do the maintenance, yeah. it's hard to stay in flow. Yeah. So there's that. That's cool. That's cool. When you say that's cool, what would The maintenance. You got to do the maintenance. Like mm-hmm. that you've got to, yeah, you got to keep yourself clean. Mm-hmm. If you expect to, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what to do you mean? To stay available for this. When you say keep yourself clean. I like this. I like the sound of that. I'm curious to hear what that means. Well, I feel like my mom talks about you got to keep your side of the street clean. You got to keep your, like, you can't, um, you can't, you don't have anything to say about what the neighbors do with their yards. But you got to keep your your side of the street clean and your side of the fence clean. Like you got to take care of your your business mm-hmm. so that you're ready to sh- show up. You know. Yeah. In just this sort of like, look at what's yours. Take care. Take care of your shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, make your your piece of the pie the way that you want it to be. Um, yeah, and there's something about being clean. That 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 word for me is be honest with yourself, be honest with the people in your life, you know, and handle what needs to be handled. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Patsy Rodenberg used that term a lot this summer. Clean. We were talking about teaching. Yeah. Mm. That we, as teachers, whatever we're teaching, we need to be clean with our agenda. To be agenda free mm-hmm. or to be open about agenda. Yeah. So if I'm going to give you as my student feedback, yeah, I need to have it be just about the work we're doing. And not about our social relationship. Like, is there an approval thing going on? Right. Or am I trying to get you to justify right. my ego sense of me as a teacher? No, I'm just, it's just the work. Mm-hmm. Can and I keep it clean? It's trustworthy. Yeah. That's right. Totally. And uh, yeah, I think that, that that to me connects with what we're saying about keeping your own side of the street clean. Like, just acknowledge your agenda so you don't it doesn't get caught up in yeah. everything else and it's and and it's maintenance it's like you mm-hmm. got to mow the lawn and you got to weed right like you got there's things you got to do you can't it's not one and done it takes a little bit of upkeep yes yes yeah pruning pruning hmm. Hmm. <laughs> the pruning took me to prunes <laughs> which took me to easier elimination oh which took me to flow <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> did you did you eat prunes as a kid? No. Ever? No. I mean, maybe uh, maybe once, but it was not a thing I did. The only time we ate prunes in my family is if like somebody was constipated, locked up. Sure. And so then, of course, any time prunes came out, I was like, Ugh. Oh. <laughs> it was like brought. brought. <laughs> Same thing happened with chamomile tea. The only time my mom served us chamomile tea was when we were sick. Uh huh. So now, if I drink you chamomile tea, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a classic Pavlovian, Pavlovian. conditioning. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, all right. So let's get to your question number three then. Mm-hmm. I believe this was your question number three. 
that was oh, that true. was sort of true. A, but we were both getting to it at the same time. Yeah, we had yeah. this. Yeah. Okay, so just want to give credit where credit is thank due you. here. You're thank welcome. you. We've talked about what flow is. We talked about what gets in the way. Of Our it. opinion about what flow is. Uh, and we're speaking the truth. Okay. Okay. Great. Let's give credit where credit's due. <laughs> <laughs> Our corner of the truth. We talked about the things that might get in the way of. Might get in the way of it or keep us from it. Uh, what promotes it? Can I say more about what gets in the way? Okay. <laughs> no, please do. I was just thinking, like when I think about an improv show. Yeah. That doesn't go, uh, doesn't hit that moment of like, mm. oh, like rhapsody. And a lot of times it's because somebody's out of sync with the rest of the group. And that can come from somebody they want to impress is in the audience. Mm -hmm. So there's this like me over us thing. Ego. Yeah. Deciding that you want to show up a certain way. Sure. In a particular way, regardless of what the moment is needing from you. Mm-hmm. Caring what it looks like. Caring what it looks like, which I guess is fear, but like wanting to impress, like wanting to impress somebody. Yes. Maybe comes from fear. Mm -hmm. And a lack of doing the work. <laughs> so there's times when like flow can't happen because someone's not listening. Ah. Uh, they haven't that, listened. Yeah. And and who knows why they're not listening? Right. Who knows why? They're either like fucking around, and so they don't hear something important, right? They're like fucking right. around backstage, or uh, which is like a lack of rigor. Mm -hmm. in my mind or like a lack of it's in some ways it's like th that's the kind of engagement that i mean where it's like flow requires you to show up yes. and notice what's happening yes and then respond to it and so you you can't just sort of like lazily approach it yep. you have to like Gotta get dive there, in. Yep. get there for it i think maybe there's states of flow that are possible without you even thinking about it yeah maybe it's possible to do it without that but it certainly makes it more likely if you can be yeah if you can like show up with a right yeah. What are the conditions we create to make this right. more likely? Which I suppose that is our next question. Yeah. But I, but I just wanted to think about like what are the things that keep in in like my most expert experience of flow, mm -hmm. which is in improvisational stories. It's like people aren't paying attention, which is the number one thing that p improvisers need to do in order to participate yeah. in a story is listen, and then do what's needed instead of doing what they want. Yeah, and you mentioned when they get caught in trying to impress somebody. Or... Yeah, and even if it's not somebody in particular, but they're they're falling back on things that they know work in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, yeah, not this time. It doesn't work this time. It may it may look good on you. Right. This character may look good on you, or this moment may look good on you. But like, that's not what the story is asking for. Right. And it's c kind of c clear that that's not what the story is asking for. Yeah. So. I've heard you talk about also times when players rehash characters or similar characters to ones they've played before. Yeah. And that that's, that feels not in flow to you. Yeah, it's funny, though, because sometimes, it, well, it, de it really depends on the situation. That, that strikes me as being out of the present moment, though, right? It's like... It depends you, it, on the situation, because, there, because we all have, like, I'm sure that there's characters that I just kind of fall easily into, which is different than, like, I'm going to use that character again. Right. You know, yes. and there's times when, like, I'm a big fan of, like, you work on that stuff in rehearsal, and then when the show comes along, don't get in your head about it. If you're playing a character that's like another character you've played, Let it but happen. that's what the show needs, that's what's happening. It's like, don't try to stop that thing from happening. Yeah. Carve out the space in rehearsal to stretch your boundaries and make decision, make intentional decisions to try new stuff. Yeah. But in, in show time, 
You just got to do the thing that's yeah. happening. You got to do the show that's happening. Yeah. You know. And that and that's that reminds me of of in mindfulness where we're you know sometimes we'll use the image of sitting and watching thoughts go by. It's like if you get into that flow of the thought traffic and you say, "Let me stop the bad ones and hold on to the good ones," then you just that's you, not, that's you not defeated the point. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. The point is to just whatever's coming by, just it's let coming it, by. Let it come by. Yeah. So so yes, so it's like there are qual there are qualifications on there's sure. qualifiers on that idea of like oh you always play this character, right? But what is the motivation for always playing it? Is it like, yep. you know, um, because sometimes a common character for a for a player is exactly what this show needs. Right. <laughs> you know, like yes. it, it works perfectly in this constellation of characters. And sure, there might be other things as well, but but it doesn't feel offensive to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where I'm like, oh, you're doing your trick again. You're doing your trick again. The thing that you do right. because you know that it's good. Because uh, it keeps you safe. Yeah. And that's less, that's less exciting to me. Yes. Okay. Then it feels like you have bailed on a contract. Right. You are not showing up playing the game that I'm playing. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Question number three. Question number three. What promotes flow? What, what makes, what cultivates the conditions that make it more likely for us to either get into it or for it to show up? Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to rehash the answers that I feel like we've already sort of okay. stumbled upon. Rehash away. Uh, keep your, keep your, keep your, do your maintenance. Mm-hmm. Along those lines, I would say physical fitness helps. Yeah. Right, I, literally having core strength to be able to hold whatever it is you're doing mm. helps, right? What do you mean to, to be able to hold whatever it is you're doing? So well, you're talking about like being on stage and holding your attention, like the physical energy it takes to to breathe uh-huh. and to be in a ready position, physical position totally. to go on and stage. And to like project your voice and to do what exactly. the scene needs you to do. Those, the, those, yeah, you those take physical strength. And so if I'm out of shape physically, I, it's hard for me I to... I can't get, show up for flow. Yeah. Then I haven't prepared myself to be present for what is needed of me. What's right. I should say it's harder. Yeah. Yeah. And so along those lines, I'd add in breath too. Mm-hmm. The breathing, the more we can allow our full breath and not just a shallow upper chest breath, that's more likely to put us in flow. And you know, that's this, that may be, maybe that, I'm going to go with that. Like that's my first candidate for mm. top thing to put wow. us in flow is to connect with our breath. Cause it, that's what's actually flowing through our bodies. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And it puts us in the present moment because we don't breathe in the future. We don't breathe in the past. We're breathing now it's happening. So if we're, connecting to it rather than being in thinking mode we're now in sensing mode mm-hmm. and rather than thinking about my breath i am experiencing my breath mm-hmm. okay this is more likely to get me here and i think that's what athlete one of the things athletes use the most you know there's a video of lebron james sitting on the sideline in game seven of the nba finals and he just you know closes his eyes and the timeout just before the last shot of the game and like he's just chilling and you know Checking in with his breath. So he can be there. He can be right in that place, right? And uh, So, okay. So I'll say breath. I'm putting that in the mix. That's one of the things that promotes flow. Physical fitness and breath. Not thinking too much. Or catching when the thoughts are happening. Yeah, I guess so. However, yeah. I'm just thinking of like sports teams. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about how they're breathing in the moment. When shit is happening, they're on the court. 
It's my guess. Is they're like doing what needs to be. They're out here. They're out in the game. They're not like, mm, oh, I need a little bit more in my belly. I think their bodies are just doing what they do. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's like, it feels like there's prep work for flow. Yeah. And then once you're in it, like, I don't think you're thinking about that shit. Great. Sure. You know? Because yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, but in improv, I'm not thinking about how I'm breathing. I right. really am not. When I'm standing on the sidelines, it's like all of my attention is like, What's, what is this thing that's right. pulling me forward? And like, when is it my time to go on stage and responding to this thing that almost feels outside of me? In fact, it feels like if I'm too worried about like, if I'm too rather fixated on my own internal experience, I think I might miss it. Yeah, right. I like that. So it's maybe that's something to use as a reset. Like when we get knocked out of flow, how do we help ourselves get back into it? Is yeah. to check in with that sensory. Yeah, or it feels like that's like conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the prep, it's like rehearsal. It's like work on these skills that you're, so noticing your breath is about getting present. Right. So practicing presence is a good thing, but we don't practice presence in the moment when we need to be present in, in a way. It's like, <clears throat> it, you just have to be ready to be there. So, so it's helpful to have practiced that stuff. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'll disagree a little bit on that. I think, and maybe we're sort of talking about when we're on the edge of flow, because when we're really truly in flow, you're, I agree that we're not, I'm not thinking, oh, my breath. But like, if I can start to sense a little wobble, I might be like, okay, feel my feet, right? Or if I'm getting... Yeah, I guess it's it, like hard to... When I'm teaching, someone throws a hostile question at me. Yeah. Or a challenging, or it feels like they're attacking my personhood. I get a little twinge of fear or self-protection. Yeah, like throws you back on your heels a little bit. I will say to myself, okay, notice your feet. Yeah. Like I'll feel a little surge of reactivity rising in me. Right. And I'll say, just feel feel the feet on the ground, take a breath. Yeah. And now come back and answer this question. Right. And that gives me a little spaciousness to kind of get but back I would argue, and flow. Right. Yes. To got it to put yourself back in a situation where that flow can sort of happen again. Right. Right. So it's like so. So again, it becomes a help, helpful so like, reset. It's like where this like this looks so different in different contexts, yes, right? Like yes. your six weeks of wonderment in the beginning of your sophomore year or whatever it was. Right. That's six weeks. It's not a show or a game or a class. Right. So f I guess for me, it just feels there's like it's like different. Those need need different things. Yes, I, and to be fair, I I imagine that during those six weeks there were times when I got cranky. <laughs> would imagine yeah you're a sensitive soul uh, yes yeah yeah it was good in, in retrospect the story i tell about that time was that it was this shangri-la experience but, yeah so okay so yeah. anything else that you think promotes flow i'm like torn right now between trying to figure out yeah well okay i'll tell you what happens what what helps me stay in a state of flow or stay in a state where i feel like yeah i'm cooking with gas right my apartment is clean. Okay. I'm eating more or less meals, <laughs> which is, I've just realized recently I've been on a bit on a, on a spate of like real, real questionable eating habits. Chips here. No, it's not chips. Set. It's like, it's like, oh, it's dinner time and I, there's nothing in the house. And so I will eat spoonfuls of peanut butter for dinner. Right. Wow. Uh -huh. Where it's like, that's protein. If I have a banana, I'll put it on a banana. Do you at least put it on a plate and then eat it with a fork oh, no, no, and no, knife? No, 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 no. It's out of a it's out of the jar. It's on a spoon out of the jar. If I have some jam, I'll also dip my spoon into the jam jar. Mm -hmm. This is real talk. Real talk, everybody. 
It's, I'm not proud of it, but it happens, right? So there's these times when I'm like... If you thought that Lisa was a resolute foodie, you now know. No, you know. It's like, I appreciate good food, but I am also able uh-huh. to tolerate an amazing basement of, of eating habits. Basement or a basement? Uh, uh, the uh, the floor is pretty right, yeah. low of what ba- I'm so able you're to. You're basing yourself. Well, I don't really know. Okay, that's not what I meant. Okay, and I would have to think about what that word means if I was. To I don't want you to think because that'll pull us out of flow. I know, right? <laughs> so anyway, so like I'm eating relatively well. I'm exercising. I feel good about. I'm like taking care of my body. I'm taking care of my space. Yeah. Um, and I'm taking care of my time. I'm using my time intentionally. Mm, intentionally. Yeah. So there's an intention to flow. Well, I just took Facebook off my phone. This feels important because it was it was sucking my time into it, it was and I even knew as it was happening. I would just spend ridiculous amounts of time like yeah. so I'd come home and sit on my couch and like flip through and it's like, "Oh god, I am actually in like a, spa- a space of like suspended like nothing is happening uh, in my brain in my body like nothing there, this isn't real life i'm not enlightening myself like sometimes facebook is is honestly qualitatively good right and sometimes it's like this is just a purgatory yeah autopilot with a capital auto oh my god yeah, yeah. so so like being intentional with my time meaning like stay present right mm. if there's no facebook to go to then i'm like lying there in bed or whatever and i'm like hmm what makes sense to do right now? Mm-hmm. And I respond to reality instead of getting sucked into self, a self-forgetting state of bli- like drugged out, mm-hmm. you know, distracted. Virtualosity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Virtualhood. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, nothingness. Right. That makes sense. Ugh, God. This notion of intention is interesting too. Because I'm thinking one of the things that helps me is... What promotes flow for me is when I'm with people who are seeking it, mm-hmm. but not seeking it in a gripping way, but like we're talking about who are trying to cultivate the conditions that make it possible yeah, or that make it more likely. And so being part of a group that wants to go there yeah, and likes it and trusts it and yeah. is willing to do this maintenance work to make it happen. To show up right? yeah, for so, it. Yeah, right. Um, so I think being around other people who are... Who are who live there? Who hang out there often helps snap us into it, right? Yeah. So that again, with with my experience of being at Hamilton and watching this group of performers and musicians and dancers and backstage people all working so beautifully together, I had the sense that Joshua Henry, the guy playing Aaron Burr, is like the keystone or the center of this wheel, the hub of this wheel. He is so locked in. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is there, and he activates everybody else to be locked in. Mm-hmm. And so when we're around people who are in flow, we kind of get whoop pulled right in. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. We haven't mentioned yet something that I thought of back at the beginning, but the notion from Taoism, so T-A-O, Tao, ancient Chinese philosophy of the way things are, right? The, the, the Tao literally means the way. And there's the notion that there is this flow to the universe, that there's a, a pattern or a way to the universe and that it's, it's always there, like mm-hmm. the wind horse thing. And we can choose to be in alignment with it or not. And Taoist living, taking its teachings from nature, mm-hmm. says, yeah, the, watch nature and you can learn how to be in harmony with the things that are. And one of the, um, this is kind of coming back around full circle, but 
one of the images that's most used in Taoism to describe that way is the way that water moves. It follows gravity, it goes to the open spaces, mm -hmm. it fills cracks, you know, it just kind of does its own thing and it can change form. It becomes ice, it becomes steam, it becomes water again and rain and ocean and it just moves and it gets pulled by the tide and it has a force of its own, but it's also willing to be shaped. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that there's something to be said about doing that kind of um, philosophy or understanding that or looking to those examples that are around us helps us get into it as well. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's a Joshua Henry on stage. I'm standing near him and I get pulled in. Or maybe it's I'm out watching the rain flow down the street and watching it go down in the gutter. That there's something about just checking out the way that nature works that helps us get into flow as well. Mm -hmm. We accept more of the full range of things that life has to offer when we're out in nature. Yeah. Um, it, it brings us to that presence. Mm -hmm. I just toss that in there as well. I like it. Okay. All right. Well, we've answered our three questions. <laughs> I, that feels pretty tidy. Yeah, it feels good to me. It feels good to me. Would you say you had something to say about flow? I guess so. Now that we're on the side of it? Sure. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Things showed up. Things showed up, as they do. Things flowed up. F-L-O-W-E-D or F-L-O-A-T? What do you think? Either could work. But I think you meant F L O W E D. You are right. We haven't also we also haven't mentioned this is kind of crass, but do you know the progressive insurance commercials? I don't think so. They're I don't know if mascot's the right word, but their spokesperson is this charming woman Flo. named Flo. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think of her too when we talk about Flo. Oh. Like progressive insurance. <laughs> they did not pay us. To say that. No, I, I believe that that woman who plays Flo is an improviser, though. She, I think she is. I remember hearing about that. She's like worked at the Groundlings or something. She's in L.A. So there you have it. If you want to be an improviser, find Flo. Or if you want to be wildly rich and famous, take improv classes. Be, be, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. This is a one long plug. Okay. <laughs> if you want to be rich and famous, meditate and take improv classes and you're... You're in the money. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that... Improv that we, is where the money is. We can pull it together. Uh, wrap it up. I think so. Stitch it up. Thank you so much, Ted Demezon. Lisa Roland, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Listeners, thanks for listening. And uh, may you be in flow as much as yes, you want to be in flow Yes, may the flow today. be with you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's Raiders of the Lost dun, Ark. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay, that's it for today. Okay, bye everyone. Adios. Hearing the lapping of the water against the canoe. Oh boy, we've lost him. Hold on. Hold on, Ted, come on back. The paddle's dipping in. Shoot, Ted, hang on. We got a job to do here. I can we got see, a job. I can see the place where we're going to pull in. Great, pull, go ahead and pull in. Yeah. yeah we'll pull into the side of the river. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Uh, really happy, really happy to share this with you. I, so, right, I learned that I had things to say about flow. Mm hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a lot in there that, I, that I'm enjoying. 
I'm intrigued by the notion of how little things, little blocks to flow can become big blocks to flow. Yeah. And I'm intrigued, again, by this notion of group commitment uh-huh. and, and how that can transport us to a, a new place when we're with other people Yeah, you know, who, I'm, who want to be in the same space. Totally. I'm intrigued by the maintenance part. Mm-hmm. The, the upkeep that you need to do in order to prepare yourself to be able to access flow. Yeah. Because I, that's that feels really... It feels like it's not just the moment when flow arrives that matters. It's like the lead up, which I feel actually is kind of a theme for a lot of these things, right? You practice the skills so that they're there for you when it mm-hmm. matters. But that maintenance idea is, I, I, will, I would like to incorporate some of that. I think that's been my, the guiding principle of my life for the last three or four years mm-hmm. is I want to take, I'm going to work on my presence I will do the things that will help me be more present. I'm going to show up, I'm going to put my voice in the ring, and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's not really about goals or It's about a the how, not the what, right? Yeah. It's like, how do I want to show up, not what do I want to accomplish? Yeah. yeah. So I will make the effort to sit in meditation or to do yoga, mindful movement, to connect with friends. This summer I added vocal practice. Like, I'm going to make that effort yeah. and see what, show, see what happens. Yeah, cool. So, right if on. there's something, listeners, that connected with you, that you are sticking with and you want to share any thoughts, please let us know. We've gotten some really wonderful emails from listeners recently, mm-hmm. and that has felt great. So we'll, we'll maybe show those up on the, on yeah. the podcast. We might do another soon. mailbag soon. So yeah. info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Yeah, and don't forget that if you are interested in exploring this stuff in person with Ted and I in beautiful near Point, Maine, you can do it. June 9 to 13. Something like that sort, yep. I think it's 9 to 13. And uh, if you can, go leave a review on iTunes. That's great. Some of you have done that. And you can. And you can. But uh, we're not going to shame you if you don't. No, no. (laughs) But it's really, it's one of the mechanisms that gets the podcast to other people. And we're just delighted to hear that other people have joined in. Yeah. uh, So we'll see you next time. mm -hmm. And thank you so much. Uh, On with your life. Bye.